morning. Happy December to you. Amazing Advent opportunity to look at this thing called Advent, that idea of anticipation, that idea with anticipation coming preparation, looking forward. Today we get to talk about love. And, uh, you know, we have two services and we lit these candles and I'm looking at, okay, there's my time frame. You know, I got this much more to go. Uh, actually, they were about yay tall, you know, when it started. So I got to be careful on this one. But nevertheless, it's good to be with you. To really talk about an amazing subject, I would not want to joke about what has just happened. I would want to rejoice in the music that I just heard from this team, won't you? Extravagant love. We are nothing... Say it, dust, dust. And our God pours out on us. It's incredible. We're going to talk about that more, obviously, because that's what this is all about. But just if you'll indulge me with just a little bit of foolishness, when I was first given this assignment to be able to speak about love, uh, my brain just goes all over the place. And one of the places it went, because I do enjoy singing and so on, was to, to think about the love songs through the decades. Now, some of you are a slight bit older than me, and uh, you'll say, well, you didn't start early enough. But I'm going to start with the 60s, if it's okay, because, you know, that's when I was, was really beginning to come of age. And it was in the fourth grade that I found my first love. I believe it was Valentine's Day, if I can recall, and I, I just got this thing inside of me, you know, not really, this is just a story, but nevertheless, it was just, wise men say, only fools are fourth grade, rushing, but I, come on, I can't help falling in love with you. I sound like Mr. Ed. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but at any rate, it was in the, by the way, I didn't marry that girl. Uh, uh, but, so when I got to the 70s, I was much more mature because those were my teenage years and they were great years. And there are just a bazillion love songs that happened in the 70s. But one actually came all the way through. And even in 2021, I sing this song on a regular basis to my one and only. It doesn't matter what time of day. It could be just in the morning breath times or, or, or wherever it is. But I just look at her and I just say, she's here, by the way. I'm not staring at Sid or anybody. <laughs> I wouldn't say this to you, man. I can't. You are so beautiful to me. Can't you see? You're everything I hope for, everything I need. You can do it to your loved one if you want. You are so beautiful to me. <laughs> that was a great time. You know, uh, yes, thank you. And then we got married in the 80s, and it was, and I will always love you. Yeah, I can't do it like she can, but that's okay. She can't do it anymore. Um, and, but, but then in the 90s, I had my kids. And uh, you got to teach your kids about love. You know, what are we going to do? And so the world teaches you some things about love. And so I brought my kids to the very 
important documents of Disney that brought them the understanding of love so that as kids they could understand what this whole thing mom and dad did. There you see her sitting there across the way. She ain't got a lot to say, but there's something about her. Help me now. You want to kiss the girl? You know this chorus? Stop. This, this is a Christian organization. We're going to stop right there. Anyway, what a fun time. I'm not going any further because it just gets worse. But um, we're talking about love. We're talking about Advent love. And understand something about Advent. What, can you think of a word that comes from Advent? Adventure. Advent is an adventure. It's that anticipation of holidays as you begin to think about it. You know, do you ever anticipate a vacation while we've been in the COVID years and all these? And I just can't wait this spring, this summer, maybe even this winter. We're going. Nothing's going to stop us. And we, were, we look forward to that, don't we? Uh, the 101 special days that happen, your birthdays, your anniversaries, your weddings, all different kinds of things. We prepare, we prepare our minds and hearts, but those are just daily things. Those are things that happen on a regular basis and so on. But when we talk about this issue of adventure love, the love of God, it's much bigger than that. Why is it different? Why is God's love different than our love? I hate to say this, but when I look in the mirror, there is a controller in there. And there's a controller in there to the point that really when we talk about love, we, particularly those early stages of love, when we don't understand it completely, we just simply say, I love you because. I love you because you're pretty. I love you because you're smart. I love you because you're muscles. That's what happened early on with me and my wife. But, you know, uh, no. Nah. Uh, I, I love because maybe you have money. Or, or, or all kinds of things, and, and so we're drawn, and, and there's this whole idea that I, I love you is a controller issue. If you, and that's where it moves to. No longer I love you because, but now I love you if, which if I could, I'll just put it all in one big umbrella. I love you if you meet my needs. If you make me feel good, if you help me on the way, when I'm sad, you're going to make me happy, and when I'm ugly, you're going to say I look great, and when all this, 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 and this, it's all about that. I love you if, I love you if. Let me tell you something. When someone chooses to delight and to care for you, despite your shortcomings, when you are but dust, before people, before God, when you ruin it, when you betray, when you mess up bad and they still love you, folks, that's love. That chooses to do something in the midst of all of this mess that provides a gift that keeps on going. That's where we are this morning to start to catch the whole idea of Advent love. Advent shouldn't just simply be celebrated the first month of December, something that I can get a hold of every single day of my life. Advent, adventure, love. So hang in there with me this morning as we start to get immersed in this whole idea of Advent, the Advent adventure of John 3.16. That says, maybe you can say it with me, just the first part, for God so loved the world. Stop. Do it this way. 
change world to your name. Ready? For God so loved Dave. Say it again. For God so loved Dave. Wow. Wow. I want you to step with me into a love story. We, we've done our silly songs, but let's talk about a little more of a, a serious uh, story. There's so much power in love, songs, stories, poems, all kinds of things, but this one begins to help us frame it all. The historical story of Mary and Joseph, our Christmas couple. Now understand their gift. I see a lot of uh, people sitting together today, relationships, and it's all great. You know, we've, uh, we've been able to share 38 years, just uh, celebrate our anniversary two weeks ago, one week ago. Anyway. You are, oh, sorry, <laughs> here we go again. Uh, but at any rate, here we are, and uh, this Mary Joseph thing was a little bit different. The culture was different. You might think it a little bit weird, but I just want you to know it, it did work. In the Jewish communities, we had arranged marriages. Arranged. You know what that means. You don't have much to do with it when it starts. That's kind of strange, but it worked. They had legal guidelines that, that this worked with. So, uh, you know, probably know the story. You know, uh, the parents of Mary and Joseph meet with the parents of Mary and Joseph. Or maybe they met with Joseph alone. I don't know, but they had this conversation. Hey, you see that girl right there, Mary? Wife to Joseph. Kapow. And uh, at any rate, we want this all to happen. And so they begin to discuss it. Well, you know, and, and they, they draw up a contract. Doesn't it sound romantic? This is a love story. And they draw up a contract. Well, that's the legal guidelines of the day, and they would offer a cash price or a dowry. We missed that somehow. I, I'm sort of glad because I'm the guy, you know, but uh, I got mine for free, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, not really. I've been paying ever since. But it, it's just this, that... <laughs> Uh, she's saying, yes, it's true. Um, but uh, at any rate, you know, we had this beginning. This is the way they began. When that contract was signed, Mary and Joseph were lawfully and legally married, or the Bible word, betrothed. But they were a couple now, not to be separated or anything else. They were a couple, though they still were not married as we think of it. The second step of this legal guideline would be just the, sort of what we do, a, a dating relationship, a getting to know one another, a, a Mary and Joseph going out and Joseph, you know, showing Mary, see that house over there? I build it. Wow, it's really pretty, Joseph. I like that. What, and this is going to be a little bit like what we're going to have. And, you know, just, just the little ideas of, of back and forth, getting to know one another. Great times. They probably stopped down, did Nazareth stuff, you know, had a falafel and some cactus juice and uh, just, just enjoyed their time together, getting to know each other. And it, that what happens in this second legal guideline is that somewhere along the way that Joseph and his friends, on an appointed day that Mary and Joseph know about, Joseph and her, his friends leave Joseph's house. They go to Mary's house. She's there with her friends. And they come out, and the marriage is now going to begin. It'll be consummated at that point, which means you may now kiss the bride and a few other things. And, and, and then when that is all completed and this consummation happens, they come out, 
and they're married, and they go back to Joseph's house, and they have a big old number three celebration marriage feast. And then there's dancing and food and all kinds of great things because now Mary and Joseph are hitched. What a wonderful story. But, as you know, it didn't happen that way. Somewhere in step number two, while they were together, getting to know one another, Luke chapter one tells us that God, through the angel Gabriel, meets with Mary. If you want to look in your Bibles, you'll see in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. Actually ahead of that, but uh, I'm just coming into the middle of it, but nonetheless, just for time's sake, verse 30, he goes to Mary and says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and behold, behold, remember that word, you will conceive in your womb. And bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I'm a virgin. God visits a virgin Mary. A betrothed Mary. A Mary who is, had not had relationships with a man, and yet now he's saying to her, Mary, you are the one that we are going to use as the vessel for the Messiah, the Christ, to come into this world. <laughs> I, I hope that there are movies of this when we get to heaven. I want to see Mary's eyes. You know, I, right, you know, they'll, uh, what in the world? I can't believe this. Well, here's the neat thing about this. After the, the angel is talking to her and we have the written word, it moves on as he talks about the child's purpose, the forever king, the one that would come, Mary. She would remember this, the prophecy of Isaiah 7, 14, that says, therefore, a virgin shall conceive. Therefore, a virgin shall conceive. And she'll bear a son and she'll call his name Emmanuel God with us that's what that word means He's, she's going to bear this son the virgin you remember that Mary yes I do well guess what you're the one behold and I love the end of it as we get to verse 37 that as the, Gabriel says to her with God Nothing will be impossible. And she says, here's the word again. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departs from her at that point. What an amazing obedience story. I I love that verse, actually. I, I would ask you to consider memorizing Luke 137. You need it. Because there's times when God, the Spirit, speaks to you through his word, through his people, through circumstances. And it is one of those matters where it's kind of hard, but nevertheless, you need to come out and say, surprise, behold, the manservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Good one to memorize. 
It's easy, not difficult. You can do it. Make sure you memorize the whole thing because at the beginning it helps you because it says with God nothing's impossible. But we get back to our love story. Great obedience story, but now the love story. Uh, Joseph, can I talk to you? Hmm. I hope you understand, but the story comes out. What do you think, how do you think Joseph responded? Well, we get a, a hint as we continue to read the scripture, and it was a bam. What? Mary, I've been faithful to you. Everything's been good. We've been walking this direction the correct way. We've followed the law. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. What? Why? Mary. I can't imagine that conversation. It had to be tough. They separate from there, and I'm sure in pain and in anger. I mean, this whole cockamamie idea. Mary, this can't happen. What did you do? I'm sure that had to be in his head somewhere. What did you do? But Joseph, but Joseph, but Joseph. Folks, this is a time probably where Joseph would have looked at her and said, you're not beautiful to me. <laughs> oh my. And you know, the story just kind of stops right there a little bit. Which, can I just step aside from the story for just a second and talk to you? How many of you right now maybe are just stuck in that very moment of you feel betrayed? You feel stuck. Life has dealt you not a bed of roses, a difficult world. Could be lots of things. Relationships as we're dealing with here. It could be the job you work at or the lack of the job you don't have. Your health. Who knows? I, I, I don't know where you're at right now, but I'm sure that in a group this large, some of you here are struggling with the emotions of the moments very similar to Mary and Joseph. And you sit back and say, this is not beautiful to me. Can I tell you something? Right there, right there right where we are right now. God is love. God is love. If you'll separate yourself from Nazareth for just a second, and ultimately you might be thinking of your own betrayal, and, and actually there's nothing more that the devil wants you to think about than your own betrayal and your own problems. And, and to feel the, the strength and, and the needling and the panicking and the reaction and the self-reliance. But think about it with me. In heaven, in heaven, whether it's right now or back in Mary and Joseph's day or even all the way back to Adam and Eve. In fact, before that, the absolute authority God was perfectly having a plan. And that plan was working and in his omnipresence, whether it's right now here or whether it was back in the Mary Joseph time, he was the splendor. He was the center of it all. He had sovereign control. 
He had a greater plan for you and for me, no matter what anybody threw his way. Get it? Wow. God is love. Mary might have caught a glimpse of that with the Gabriel-Mary thing, but I'm not sure of that, but I certainly Joseph was recognizing it. We have a, God's got a bigger plan. I like what John said in 1 John 4, 16. Grab this verse, it's amazing. Helps you to understand maybe where they, became, where they came to and where you can go to. 1 John 4, 16 says, so we have come to know. Notice what that means. It is a process. We have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love, abide, uh, sorry, whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I know abide is one of those church words, but it's just this connection that is so tight, that this whole thing of, under, uh, of just I'm going to hang on, and, and if we would abide in God, that love abides in us, and he is connected to us, and we can be connected to him in the midst of it all with this greater plan, a greater plan. A huge plan that walked its way all the way back to Adam and Eve. Can you imagine that? They see sunk again. Sometimes we think about God with Adam and Eve, that in the cool of the day, uh, God's showing up, you know, and they're in the Garden of Eden, and, you know, I'm sure they're sipping some sweet tea, and, uh, and you know, just everything is just beautiful. And in the cool of the day, they're in their hammocks, and, and, uh, and the little animals are, are entertaining them some way or another. And then God shows up. Hey, God, what's up, man? Come on in, have some tea with us. We kind of get that idea in our minds. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm totally sacrilegious, but that's where I go. Um, listen, God was omni omnipresent. He was with them all the time. It just so happened that the scripture talks about this amazing little fellowship that they had. But nevertheless, he was there. He was there at the tree. When the serpent was tempting, he was there when the fruit was picked. He was there when it went in the mouth and was chewed up. He was there, my dear friends. He had to go through all of that betrayal face to face. But he had a greater plan. And he shepherded Adam and Eve. Later on, you find in Scripture as you're watching it unfold that he has this huge plan that forged a collective covenant with three people that they still talk about today in, in Judaism, not correctly, but nevertheless, the Bible brings it out that there was a covenant made with Abraham, a man who just God chose and said, you're going to be the father of many nations, Abraham, and, and I'm going to make you a mighty, mighty nation called Israel. And he forged this plan with a man who knew nothing of him, and nor did he care. And yet God did that. He moves to Moses a little bit later on, and he, he talks to him about a covenant that he's going to take that same people that came out of Abraham, Moses, of course, in the Exodus, and, and moving them away from Egypt. I'm going to give you a land, and it's going to be totally cared for you, Moses. Do you remember what those folks were like? I think they said something about stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. What does that mean? Bad. But he... He had a plan. 
that same plan in the midst of all of their ups and downs of worshiping, worshiping him and then turning around and kicking him in the teeth and worshiping a piece of wood uh, and, and, or, a, or a piece of gold or whatever it was that they wanted to do at the particular time. And he made a covenant with David, the king of Israel. And he said, I'm going to make a kingdom this particular kingdom, David, starts with you, and out of your family there will come a king who will be the king of kings and the lord of lords. And it's going to be a surprise to everybody, but nevertheless, I've got this plan, and I promise you, and let me tell you, that promise is still to come, but it's going to happen. God was forging a plan because God so loved Dave. Say it with me. For God so loved Dave. What a plan. But it doesn't stop just simply with this marching plan. God also gives love. God gives love. You know, where. Let's get back to Mary and Joseph for a second. The, the bottom's dropped out, right? The bottom's dropped out. Where do we go? This is a mess. And it's really where the bottom drops out is where the power of God comes in. We're not talking about a little G God here. We're talking about a capital G God. And he comes in. And I'll, we, we walk to Mary for just a second. And, and again, pick it up where we left off uh, maybe a few days later, but nevertheless, the scripture reads in Luke chapter one uh, and in the 40s, right around there, that she decides to go to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is with child, though barren, had a, mirac a miraculous pregnancy, and she's with child as well. Uh, Gabriel told her that was happening, but now she actually decides to go. I mean, life is, al she's alone She's scared. What are people going to think? All that you can imagine that goes on, but she goes to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth's house. Um, may I ask, ever been pregnant before? I have not. <laughs> I have had a kidney stone, and they say it, well, never there, this doesn't matter. But um, it's not the same. Can you imagine being of the age that Elizabeth was and she had already gone through this whole idea, wow, I'm barren, I, don't have, I never had a child, and now I do. Some of you may call that an oops baby, but this was a God baby. This was gonna be John the Baptist. This was a pretty incredible moment. And so there she is, but unbeknownst to her, they didn't have uh, uh, these things that say, hey, I'm coming over or anything like that. All we get was this. But when that knock came and it was Mary at the door. The scripture says in verse 41 of Luke 1, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Those of you who are pregnant kind of get an idea there, don't you? But, you know, the old... I, I mean, can you, can you just see the, uh, the fetal John? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, he was singing extravagant love. You know, I bet you he was squinting his eyes just like you were. You know, uh, uh, what a moment. I mean, here we are, the 
fetus meets fetus, <laughs> infant meets infant, and it just caused John, who would later say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, to just leap in the womb of his mama. Wow. Elizabeth said, come on in, and they began to rehearse. They began to rehearse what God had done. She's telling Elizabeth the Gabriel story, and Elizabeth's telling her story. Can you, what was it, what was all going on? I'll I'll finish, it says, the baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, God was there. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Mary, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. What's going on here? Love spoke up. God with us. Emmanuel, he was there. Two miracles. God with us means love with us. God with us means love with us. And in Mary's darkest hour, God provided the love she needed. Let's go back to Nazareth a second and find Joseph. Where's he? He's pretty much at home deciding this is too much. I can't do it. And he's thinking about divorcing Mary. He's going to do it quietly. And uniquely, according to Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel, God was there, Holy Spirit, over uh, with Elizabeth and Mary. Now here we have it again. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she's going to bear a son, and you're going to call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And God knew exactly what Joseph needed. And he came and he visited him and exclaimed to him, For God so loved the world that through you and Mary, Joseph, he's going to give his only born son. It's going to happen and it's going to happen with you. And he just gave Joseph this comfort, this understanding that, well, is it an understanding? Absolutely not. That's why you see behold everywhere. I mean, it's a life of beholding. Woo, what in the world, you know? And there they would be, God giving love over and over again. Aren't you glad God gives love? Do you know God? Have you seen God give you love? God gives love. You know, you might be running away from something right now. What are you afraid of? Joseph was afraid. God said, don't be afraid. Ultimately, he knows exactly what you need no matter what you're facing. And by the way, can I just simply say, ultimately... Let me finish the verse. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him, they won't die. They won't die eternally. They will live forever with him. Can I tell you that's the test? That's my testimony. I was in a service one day and a a minister was standing behind a podium similar to this and he used this verse and guess what he said? He said, stick your name where it says the world. I was younger, but I did. I just said, okay, what does this look like? For God so loved Dave 
And he gave, he loved me so much that he gave his son that if Dave would believe in him, Dave would not perish. He wouldn't die eternally, but he'd have eternal life. And I listened and I listened. And it happened so that particular day. I believed. And the love of God, the God with us, love with us, God with Dave, love with Dave, came and saved my soul. What a blessing. Has he done that for you? You say, Dave, what do we do? Well, you gotta believe. It's not about coming down front and saying a prayer. Nothing wrong with praying. Romans tells us if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The whole idea of prayer is the same. It's talking. It is you believing verbally. I believe that Jesus came for me, for God so loved me that he gave Jesus for me. Dear friend, do that if you haven't, because the truth of the matter is he will save you. He went to the cross for you. He paid the penalty. He came as a child, but he paid for your sin, for your nastiness, for your degrading life. You say, Dave, I'm not so bad. Put yourself up against the holy God and see who wins. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that many of us are very good, but it's just not good enough. That's why Jesus came, for God so loved Dave that he gave his only begotten son. Do that. Finish the verse yourself. I give you one more thing, and that's the fact God is love. God gives love, but then God lets his love flow through us. Mary and Joseph figured it out. God had visited with them. They got back together, and now they start this crazy adventure, this Advent adventure of <laughs> this crazy ride to Bethlehem. You know, you that were, have had children, hey, let's get on a donkey while we're in labor. Yes. Hee-haw. What a wonderful idea. Off they go, and they get there, and there's no room. And so not only this crazy ride, but also this incredible night, this desperate night where they walk up, you think they walked up to the manger or to the stable, and there's a cow standing there, social security, please. You know, I, I, uh, I, no, there was no time. They found a stone box. Actually, there is no pretty little wood manger that you and I get to see. It was a stone box, uh, a lot of rocks over there. And, uh, and they placed him in a little bit of straw after he was born. What an amazing moment. And, and you know, they, they get to watch all this as they follow God. A bunch of shepherds show up. We saw this star, and we were told that the, the Son of God is born. Hey, how are you? First day, just had a baby. Come on in, check him out. You know, I, and what an amazing time this is. You say, so uncomfortable, not with God. Later on, the, some wise men had come, and they'd offer these amazing gifts to the King of Kings, who would die, who was given gifts that didn't make sense because they were funeral gifts, if you will, for embalming and things like that. That, that. That's what would happen at that moment. And then they'd take him to the temple and there'd be a couple of prophets, prophetess, uh, Simeon and Anna, that would see the baby, and t not a baby, sorry, it, it was a 12-year-old, and, and simply say, here, 
I'm wrong. I'm wrong. No, it was the baby. Uh, I, I got my stories mixed up. This is him. This is the one. This is the prophetic one. And Mary and Joseph just get to take all this in as they follow God, as his love flows through them. They walk their walk. Letting God's love flow through them. And you say they're superstars. Listen, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you're a superstar. You're just another one holding the very presence of God in your life. Now walk with it and let him overflow in you. Amen? You there? In fact, I'd ask you this morning to choose. To choose. We already lit this. But are you interested and lighting it yourself? Are you ready to say, God, I am prepared for you in the world of love. You are love. I've come to that point to understand it a little bit, but help me understand it more. I'm going to walk. I'm going to follow you. You give me love. You've given it. Now you're going to flow through me. I choose to say I'm not going to let the emotions of, and the lies of the world and the devil get in my way. No, I'm going to light my candle of love today. Amen? If you'd like to, you can stand right now. Everybody stand just for the sake of it all. Put your hand toward this candle just like I am. Lord God, I light this candle in honor of you. Lord God, I say that your love is extravagant. It was reckless to save my soul. Oh, Lord God, you have given me all I need. Thank you for such love. I will walk with you. I'm going to ask you to sit one more time then and just simply, you're going to see a video here in a second and give you a way to let God's love flow through you. Watch the video. It's an incredible opportunity that's amazing, unbelievable, and even dangerous. But because we walk with God and his love flows through us, God's plan marches on until the day that his church is taken home to be with him. Watch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. For giving. For giving. Thank you for your giving. The Lottie Moon offering. Toward Lottie Moon. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. But most importantly, Due to your generosity, we've been able to share God's word with those around us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, First Baptist Church in Riverside, California. Because you gave, I'm able to access remote areas of Central Asia and explain the gospel with people God is already drawing to himself. With your help, we are bringing light to the dark places among unreached people groups. Because of what you've given, it allows me to share this gospel with as many Central Asians as I can across London. Your giving allows our organization to provide need for refugees and to give them hope. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering so that we can buy Bibles in Arabic that we use with our Discovery Bible Study with non-believers. Because of your generosity, African women are hearing stories from God's Word while henna is being drawn on their hands and arms. And because of your giving, the life changes that we see through faith in Jesus Christ, that happens because of your gifts. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and helping to provide this wonderful water filter here in Northern Thailand. 
Your giving allows me to continue with my medical license here in Ghana, where I can not only do surgeries, but also the patients have the opportunity to hear the gospel. So thank you. Because of your giving, I'm able to speak to these thousand kids every Wednesday morning. Thank you. Thank you, First Baptist Church. Thank you, Faith Promise Church. Thank you, Christina Baptist Church. Thank you for giving to Latimu. Thank you, and God bless you. participate in this offering and these little envelopes here that say I am beyond them are in front of you in the chair back and we will take up this offering each Sunday this month throughout December and then on Christmas Eve we will get to announce to you guys how much our church gave now this year our church's goal is higher than it's ever been $21,000 21 and 21 it just fit so it's good and then I just think, well, you know what? That's what God wants us to do. He just wants us to be uh, generous in our giving because of his love for us. And one of the ways that we get to see that is that what he loved the world. Because he loved the world and because of your gifts, his love gets to go across the world to those who are still living in darkness, those who have never heard the name of Jesus. And they might know the reason he's being so lovingly patient before sending his son Jesus again is because he wants as many as possible to know him when he comes. As many as possible. And this is one of the ways that we get to play a role in that. 100% of our Lottie Moon gifts go directly to missionaries on the field to do all kinds of things to help support them in order for them to share the gospel with those around them. Go home. Take this envelope with you. Pray as a family. Pray what God would have us to give individually. And then we will share that announcement. Christmas Eve service It's going to be a really exciting month, okay? Can we pray and then we'll go out. Father, we love you because you loved us first. You are love, and it is that love that makes salvation possible. Thank you for the gift of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for making a way for us where we would had no opportunity on our own effort to bridge that gap between us and you because you are a holy God, a loving God. We are unworthy, but Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word, and thank you for the cross. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. <laughs> 